0: Welcome to Innovative Legal Leadership, the podcast where you'll hear from the world's most innovative general counsel and their leadership teams for their insights into the running of a Fortune 500 in-house legal department. The challenges, the wins, the roadblocks, the journey to
1: date, and most importantly, what lies ahead. Let's get into the show. Hello, listeners. Nathan Collier with you here today. Today, I have a conversation between uh, me and Maui Guevara. Maui is senior manager of legal advisory here at Pursuit. Uh, Maui is one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever come across on all things legal pricing and also just trends that are happening uh, across the legal space. And so, our, our topic today is mass arbitration. Maui's going to take you through some of the history of mass arbitration filings, where they came from, and then also some of what we're seeing companies do in response to either a mass arbitration filing that was done against them or just to prepare for the eventuality that they might you know, have to face something like that in the future. So lots of good stuff in this one, some current stuff that hopefully will help you Think about this issue and how it might impact you either now or sometime in the future. One of those things to just be aware of and be prepared for. So as Jim always says, sit back, chillax, and enjoy the episode. Hey, Maui. So, so we're going to talk about mass arbitration today. Right. Um, first things first, what is mass arbitration?
0: Yeah, mass arbitration is actually something that is fairly recent in the realm of the legal world. It arose as an alternative to large class action lawsuits, essentially. It actually came from the company side or the corporate side, where they started to develop these arbitration clauses in all of their contracts, right? Essentially, the companies were saying that, hey you guys should go through an arbitration process before actually suing us well fairly recently you know with the advent of technology easier access to information some law firms actually saw this as a loophole to put financial and just sheer volume pressure on these companies so the essentially the thing that the law firms are doing or you know, these boutique mass arbitration law firms are doing is they are finding historically what would have been that class of you know, consumers or that class of people. And instead of doing a class action lawsuit, they will file a high volume of mass arbitration, uh, of arbitrations against the company. And what happens is many of these arbitration clauses the onus of the cost of those arbitrations actually fall on the company. So right off the bat, for example, you can imagine if a company were to file, you know, 130,000, 25,000 arbitrations, the cost of that filing fee, the case management fee, the arbiter fee, all of that gets put onto the company. So, millions and millions of dollars immediately without even actually having to make a decision. Right, There there hasn't even been a recovery or any decisions made from the arbitration and the company is already having to pay millions of dollars just to facilitate the arbitration process. There's actually even and a lot of law firms out there, there's actually even a lot of companies out there like Fairshake, who built a business around really compiling and amassing a big group of people to file these mass arbitrations against corporations.
1: Interesting. So you say, you say contracts, these are written in the contracts. What kind of contracts are, are these? Clauses? Yeah,
0: it's across everything. So it could be in the usage contract that you click into that you agree to when you use a new product or open a bank account or anything like that so a lot of the typical ones like you know uber actually was one of the companies that got hit with a huge mass arbitration bill and that was just from using their app right there's a terms of service there's a tos essentially and in that tos there's an arbitration clause and so that's where they got dinged on by that and i think uber's cost was you know 91 million dollars from mass arbitration filing so again yeah, no fault yet nothing yet for them you know no recoveries being talked about that was just the arbitration cost or the arbitration fee from the arbitration forum
1: that they used so i use uber i sign up i click the little box that says agree to terms and conditions inside of that long thing that 99 percent of people don't read there's a thing that says like you can't sue us I mean, you can, but first you have to go through this arbitration process. Exactly. But in there, Uber has written, like the arbitration process, you know, laid it out. There's a couple hundred dollars per filing that is is on Uber, right? Yeah. That they have to cover that they've written into their own terms and service, <laughs> terms of service. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, this was... The original thinking was by doing this, we avoid a class action lawsuit, which potentially could be millions of dollars of, of service. But then smart lawyers out there, smart businesses out there figured out that loophole of essentially saying, all right, we'll just file 30,000 at a time. And let's see if you can handle 30,000 at you know a couple thousand dollars per case. And so that's what's been happening.
1: Interesting. So Uber is one example. Are, are there other cases that are pretty well known?
0: Yeah. Uber is one example. There's a couple other cases out there. Intuit TurboTac also actually faced, like, I think there were like 100,000 arbitration claims from a lawyer at a certain time. So there's all these companies out there that are starting to see, we're seeing our own clients as well, actually looking at being preemptive or preemptive about this, particularly the ones that have a lot of large consumer base,
1: essentially. What's in it for the, the lawyers or the, the people who are filing these mass filings?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's very similar to class action lawsuits, right? Essentially, they take a cut of the settlements. So the company, instead of having to fake 31,000 arbitrations, they just may want to settle that early or create a program early. And of course, the attorneys are going to take a component or a portion of that recovery or that award.
1: Okay, so that's the loophole. It's a business loophole.
0: Exactly, exactly. I mean, they're, the company, you know, Everyone has a different model of it. There's companies, like I said, Fairshake, who essentially is just a website that has a stock form and it just allows you to kind of power through together through that app or or that website. And then they may have a different business model than a law firm does. But essentially, again, the power is leveraging the volume of people that they can reach.
1: It it seems like if a lawyer or a company is going to go through with, you know, filing one of these mass kind of things all at once. They wouldn't do it unless it was in the millions of dollars range. Is that the is that the level of sort of financial, you know, risk that is associated with at least some of these filings?
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, the, the biggest risk associated with these types of filings is really the uncertainty, right? Like you don't know when this is going to happen. Because a lot of these law firms, a lot of these companies will wait until they hit that threshold where the financial pressure on the company will actually get them the result that they want, right? So if they gather like a thousand, two thousand, that to them may not be compelling enough and they're not going to move on it. But you as a corporation or a company don't know when that wave will actually hit. So you are essentially just playing a waiting game, sitting until you know that firm has gathered enough of those arbitration filings to then leverage that against you.
1: All at once. Interesting. So how are companies, you said some companies are being a little bit more proactive about this. What are some of the things that they're doing?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, this is the space where pursuit can actually help a ton, but there are many law firms out there on the other side who have developed experience expertise in navigating this they have relationships with the arbitration forums that many of these companies use they know the firms you know the typical firms that are suing so on the other side of this and they develop those techniques but you as a company you need to understand a couple of different things and how to, you know who and how to engage that's best for your exact corporation, right? Or your exact company or your exact use case or whatever the context behind how you're using those arbitration clauses essentially. So, you know, you can kind of break it down into three steps of what a lot of these companies are doing is one is you need to do a really good internal assessment, right? Like where is the exposure actually at? Do we have arbitration clauses? or, you know, informal resolution options in any of our contracts or terms of service with anybody, how are we allocating the cost of that, right? So if we're not the ones actually taking on the cost and there's a little buy-in from the people that are filing the arbitration, then you may be less likely of a risk. But a lot of these things and a lot of what you need to know, again, requires that expertise that many of these outside counsel have developed another thing really is to do an external assessment right like what's been happening in the market many law firms and many corporations are now starting to test different approaches of how to handle these mass arbitrations so they may do like a test case right like test sample of 10 cases how does that go and then just agreeing to apply that 10 to the rest of them and so there doesn't necessarily have to be this many filings But again, the ones that are on the cutting edge of that are the companies that are doing that work and the law firms that are doing that work. So you really need a good way to identify those things. And then the last thing is just the cost implication, right? For maybe larger companies with bigger departments that can handle this internally, that may just be ideal for them, but you also need to understand what is the external cost of engaging outside counsel. Uh, Without having that benchmark understanding, you don't really have the full set of information to know if you should take this on internally or if it's just more cost efficient, more effective to leverage outside counsel. So a lot of that information you really need to get through kind of a transparent open process where you're looking out, seeing into the market and saying, you know, who has the expertise? At what cost is that expertise coming? And then understanding how you can digest that internally with your teams.
1: That can be done using whatever process, but we've seen some of Pursuit's clients using the Pursuit sort of process to do that.
0: Exactly. And they've been very successful, right? Because again, they identify you know, who has the expertise, who has the experience, who actually uses the particular arbitration forum that you may use, because mm-hmm. there's a couple different ones out there and each one has different rules and each one have different things that they've now issued since regarding mass arbitrations. Some of these companies also and some of these law firms have developed really good systems that may integrate well with how you're using the mass ar- you know, arbitration clauses and alternative dispute resolution clauses versus others. So it really is a matter of doing that due diligence, but you know, being able to leverage a way to do it that is efficient and effective for you.
1: Awesome. What's one or two things that like, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, well, shoot, I got to go look at this. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, what's the takeaway from this in your opinion? Yeah. I think the
0: takeaway for, for this, in my opinion, is really understanding what your exposure is. I mean, that's the first thing that a lot of corporations need to look at is, hey, do we actually have exposure to this risk? And then two, doing a little bit more research about what that exposure actually means for you and what that exposure has meant in the industry overall. So there's a lot of stuff out there that are publicly available and easy to access a lot of law firms actually have a ton of good content around mass arbitration essentially talking about you know the latest and greatest about defense strategies and what's happening at the courts and at these arbitration forums so it's really getting to know that and then getting to know yourself internally before going out and finding solutions for
1: it awesome awesome thanks Matt. this is a good one I think this one's happening now in the market. It'll be interesting to watch sort of how they, these cases proceed in the various, you know, situations and jurisdictions. But uh, yep. but have a plan is what I hear you saying. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Have a plan. Let this know, one... yourself. <laughs> know yourself. Know yeah. yourself. Yeah. Don't let this one take you by surprise. Thanks, Christian. Appreciate-
0: Thank you listeners for tuning into the show. For more, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, please connect with me, jim the host of the show via email jim at com
1: we'd love to hear from you